0: Matthew, chapter fourteen. I'm gonna let uh, JD do uh, Genesis. So I'm not gonna pick up off of that. That's just something that the Lord's really laid this on my heart. I can't, couldn't shake it. So I believe this is what He uh, would have us to go through uh, today, and uh, so look forward to. Uh, what he has to say to us as we go through Matthew 14. How about we pray, Lord? I need you. And I realize that we need you. Um, apart from you, we are you know, we're in so much trouble. We can we can do nothing, Lord. We can't uh, do anything anything of eternal value. Take in words of the Spirit. Uh, give words in the Spirit. And so, would you would you help in our time of need? Here we. Realize our great dependence upon you, and and uh, I give you thanks, Lord, for this body of people here that love you, and uh, Lord, how you minister to them uh, week after week, and how they go from here, and uh, Lord, you use them for your glory, and uh, that uh, that Jesus would be known and seen through uh, through a body that loves Jesus, so. Strengthen us in that today, Lord. Um, we, we we desire to to see you work here, and uh, so speak to us. I pray in Jesus' name. All right. We're going to be in uh, fourteen, and we're going to start at twenty-two. Uh, man, this is such a this is such a an area of the Bible that everybody, probably even those that, that don't know Jesus, they've heard of this story where Jesus walks on the water, right? Very popular uh, passage. And and so I I was at a meeting this past week that really alerted me to something, and um it's uh maybe that's what the Lord did, uh, and how we ended up here today uh, in Matthew 14. Um, spiritual things were talked about in this meeting, and uh, and I heard a gentleman, and uh, not to his discredit, because uh, I can be this way, and uh, maybe this way too often, is that he was called on and said, man, you seem very quiet today, and... Uh, how are you taking this in and so th- the response was, "I'm trying to figure out the practicality of this um, for my life and and so when that when that was said, there was something that just uh hmm practical and so i uh I talked to him about it afterwards and and we had a great conversation uh, about that. The, we, uh, the life in Christ is not always very practical. The uh, what Jesus did on our behalf—it's not very practical, is it? Our belief in Him, who we cannot see—it's not practical to the to the world, is it? Um, practical is uh, is a word that. That as I looked into it, it um, it's where we get to, you know, within it. There's this practice that that because of something that has been practiced, and it's and it has evidence of working, then I'll do that. It's been done before, and so yeah, that's what I'm I'm going to do that. And so it's a, a very practical way to live, you know, the, ca- the cars. Needing gas, I go get gas. I'm hungry. I feed my body. Uh, the b- very practical things of of life. And so uh, the life in Christ is, uh, it can be very practical, but it can also be, uh, we don't want to discount that it's very practical to, to live in the supernatural, to live in the spirit, that which... Um, the uh, this flesh cannot do that's why you know we say apart from you we can do nothing Lord we can do nothing of, of eternal value and so with uh, with that kind of um, kind of an intro um, I'm gonna be going through uh, Matthew 14 22 through 33 uh I don't really have points and, and all of that. The uh, Lord really just has me going through this as a, as a study and to, and to uh, chat about it as we go through it verse by verse. So let's read um, verse 22 uh, through 33. So immediately he made the decision to get into the boat and go before him to the other side immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and get, go to the other side. Jesus made the disciples get into the boat while he dismissed the crowds. And so just uh, uh, he had, they had just fed the 5,000. Uh, there's probably, could have been anywhere from fifteen to 20,000 people there it talk, because it talked about there were 5,000 men. So verse 23, And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone, but the boat by this time was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, he, he came to them. Speaking of Jesus, he came to those disciples walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said, or he said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, O oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Jesus and the disciples had had a long day. They had, uh, what's the population of uh, Montgomery County? Thirty? Maybe thirty thousand, something like that. Um, so, if it says in the previous passage about Jesus feeding the five thousand, that was that was just men only. So there could have been fifteen to twenty thousand people that he he was feeding. Um, Let's let's talk about practical just for a moment in that passage. If you remember, you know that's another popular section in the Bible, isn't it? It's when he asked in the, the book of John there in chapter six. He said, uh, he says, Philip, go get go get the people something to eat. And Philip says back to him, man, if we had two hundred denarii, that wouldn't be enough to to feed the people. In other words, it would be like it would be two hundred days' worth of wages to be able to feed these people. And so, uh, in, in essence, you know, that wasn't practical. Uh, and so So the practical thing is that he says back to them, send them away. Let, have them go leave. Go back into the town and they can eat when they get back wherever they go, wherever they're going back to. And so, and then Andrew, the brother of Peter, comes up and, and this is, I don't know if you've ever caught this before, this is almost hilarious what he says. With all these fifteen to 20,000 people, he says, there's a young lad over here who has two fish and five barley loaves. Wouldn't, I mean, wouldn't he, like if I were standing there and I would have heard that, I would have been like, did you just say that? Really? But what did God do? What did Jesus do? He used that, didn't he? And he says, okay, yeah, bring those to me. And from that, he fed them. Practical? Five barley loaves, two fish? No. Jesus? Supernatural. Those things that are only done by way of the Spirit. Our lives. If we uh, if we choose to live, um, uh, man, my life is just going smooth, and uh, you know I know what to do and know what to I know how to do it and all of that, and then here comes a hard time in our life, right? That's not even solvable, solvable. And uh, been there? Anybody been there? Were you were you just like, okay, I don't know what to do, Lord? Um, So, let's start there at verse 22. Immediately after this event where Jesus fed the 5,000, it says immediately he made the disciples, hey, go ahead and get in the boat and go before me to the other side and then I'm going to dismiss all these people. They've eaten and I'm going to dismiss them for them to go back home and Uh, So it turns out that this is there in the area where the the feeding of the 5,000, where this was in the area of Capernaum. Uh, This is at the northern part of the Sea of Galilee. And uh, he said, now, um, go to the other side. And so uh, according to the book of uh, Mark, it says that head to Bethsaida. And so, so they would have to go across the northern section of, of the sea of Galilee. And after he had dismissed verse 23, and after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. And when evening came, he was there alone. So what did Jesus do? He goes up to he goes up to pray. I mean, that is like uh he, just, he wants to commune. He's been with people all this time. He's been serving. He's that servant leader, right? Uh, and so he is uh, c- communing with his father, and here he is fully God, fully man, and he is going to commune with his father. What did Jesus say about himself as he was on the earth back then? Well, John five nineteen has something to say about that. He says, Most assuredly, I say to you, the Son, I've got to turn around. It's not on, on the screen, by the way, uh, which, is, which is okay. Uh, so Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, that the Son does likewise. So he says that while he's on this earth, Fully God, fully man, he's setting that example for us, is he not? And that he is now communing. You see, he's praying uh, to the Father. No doubt. Yeah, you know, we can only speculate what he would have been praying about, having just fed the five thousand men and uh, the fifteen to twenty thousand people, and then. But also, he had just sent the disciples out onto the Sea of Galilee and praying for them and knowing what was to come uh, for them. And so, verse 24. But the boat by this time was a long way from the land. It now was being beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And so, they're out there. And we find out uh, that this is late in the next verse that it's the fourth watch. So this could have been between uh, 3 and 6 a.m. It's dark. No doubt when they left uh, and jumped in that boat, there wasn't this boisterous wind. There wasn't the wind that's going to be talked about. It was probably things nice and calm. Things are nice and calm. And so, man, the... Some of these guys are fishermen. No sweat, man. We can do this. We'll see you on the other side, Jesus. They've done it many times before. And so, hmm. the calm of our life, right? The calm of our life, and uh, we don't know when uh, when a storm is, is going to hit. And so, verse 25. And in the fourth watch of the night, uh, or there between 3 and 6 a.m., Jesus came to them walking on the sea. Can you imagine that? Have you ever really, you only know when you have, have read this, thought about this, have you ever put yourself in the boat? So you put yourself in the boat. So you put yourself, well, wait a minute, we're in this life. Those guys were simply doing life. They were living life. And now here comes this, this wind that uh, is coming against them. The, uh, when it says against uh, in the New King James, it says contrary. Uh, when I looked up the different, different definitions of that, uh, it's, it is against is one of them. Uh, another one is opposing. So there, there was in opposition to what they were wanting to do. They, they had a wind that was now in opposition of what of what they were trying to do. They just simply wanted to go across. They wanted to follow what Jesus said, go across, and then and then trying to do that now, they met this opposition. As they were as they were crossing. We've had that happen a few times, haven't we? we have an opposer we have one that that as we are following Christ as we are in a obedience to him that that he what's he want to do he wants to come along and oppose and uh, distract and uh cause us cause us not to trust but to labor and so that's what we're going to see here verse uh, verse 25 you know with, uh, when I'm reading this in the uh, I I was studying this in New King James and so it's uh, as I'm looking at this in the ESV there's some things that um, that if I get a little bit goofy then, then it's not uh, it's because I'm not remembering words they're not jumping out to me like they would in the New King James and in the fourth watch of the night He came to them walking on the sea. And so in in Mark, it talks about how Jesus, when he was up there praying, he saw, wait a minute, he saw them from wherever he was, he was able to see that they were in trouble. That's interesting, isn't it? And so... You think he sees what's going on in our lives? When things are going rough on in our lives, uh, when things are going good, regardless of what the situation, but right now we're talking about when things are rough in our lives. Rest assured that he sees uh, what's going on in your life and and how he wants to meet us uh, right where we're at in the in the rough times of Of life. Verse 26. But when the disciples saw him. Walking on the sea. They were terrified. And they said. It's a ghost. And they cried out in fear. So they didn't recognize Jesus did they? And the when I was looking into how they were toiling, another word for them uh, straining against the waves and what have you, Uh, toiling is in there. That's what's in the King James. I looked that up, and it's like, you know, what jumped out at me was they were were in fear that they were going to the bottom, that this was going to destroy them. And so they... uh they were in a, in a tough situation out there on the water, uh, this toiling, this trying to, okay, if we row harder, uh, maybe we'll be okay and all of that. And so it's, uh, that can be the thing that, that the enemy really wants us to do. He will want us to go into a works orientation rather than a, a, a trusting in God's grace through our faith in him. Is that if he can get us trying to toil and, and work, uh, then what's that going to do? It's going to put the emphasis on the situation that uh, that we're in. So let's uh, let's use a situation. Um, you know, just looking around this room, everybody everybody knows what I'm talking about when, when tough things come along in your life. Something has happened or you know of someone that difficult uh, things have happened in your life, uh, in their life. And so, in my life, cancer, right? I've used that example before. So, cancer. All right. We're going to, let's, uh, I'm going to go to the doctor and the doctor is going to tell me what to do. And, uh, and this is going to be how I live my life uh, now. I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to trust them, and that's what doctors are for, right? They uh, they practice medicine, right? So they're doing that which is practical. This has been, there's been experimentation. There's all these different things that, that doctors have done for the remedying or the prolonging of life, uh, in my case. Mine's not t- to be remedied, and so it's, uh, so I was told. And so... Now, it's a prolonging of life. So that's what I'm doing, man. I'm going to fo- follow that doctor, and that's what I did. And so, um, maybe you guys know this story a little bit. I hope I'm not, it's okay if I use this story, I hope. Uh, but what happened is that as I was following the doctor, I was, uh, I was coming to an end of what was working for me. And so um, I was trusting the Lord as I was, you know, Lord, you know, give these doctors wisdom, what have you, okay. And so it was was all going well. Then all of a sudden, uh, what they gave me stopped working, and now it's time for chemo, okay. So now go do the chemo uh, treatments, and uh, let's see how that goes for you. Okay, I'll do that. That's the practical thing to do, and so that's what I did. So I I go in, I get a first infusion, uh, goes well, and so I'm I'm thinking, okay, well, uh, I hope this works. You know, praying, Lord, you know, use this, use this chemo, and and so I go in three weeks later for my second infusion, and I'm sitting in a row. Has, have any of you ever been in a uh, chemo? What do you even call them, where you're receiving chemo? They're, they're, they're about 15 easy chairs that you get to sit in, that I got to sit in. And they have these trees, you know, where the, the medical stuff is. And, and they get you all ready for the, the infusion. And so uh, I thought, well, this will just be another time. It takes a couple hours, and, and uh, I'm going to take a nap just like I did the first time. Jeannie's sitting right there across from me. Most of most spouses or whoever, family members, come and they, they hang out because you're not supposed to drive afterwards, whatever. And so, so I'm there. They give me the second infusion, and in 15 seconds, I turn purple. Jeannie's looking at me, and I'm feeling this heat go from my chest up to the top of my head, and I'm turning, didn't know it, but she's looking at me like, Oh, no, my, my husband's dying here, right in front of my eyes. And that's, that's what she was thinking. And so, uh, so everybody comes running, and they get the, get it out of me and what have you. And so now, that doesn't work. Uh-oh, that doesn't work. Well, we've got another one that we'll try on you. And, and then by golly, this one, we, we just have very, very, very few people that will have an allergic reaction. So... Next week, go there, turn red. Not purple, but red this time. So uh, Jeannie took a picture of I me. Mean, I told her, I said, if I turn a color, I wanted you to take a picture of I me. Mean, uh, <laughs> so it was really, it was really just uh, amazing because I wanted to see what this look like, you know. And sure enough, here they all come. So I, the doctor, I meet with the doctor afterwards. He goes, we don't have anything. We don't have anything more for you. And uh, so, okay, well, hmm. So I'm in the boat on the sea with a lot of stormy waves being being windblown and thinking about what's down in the bottom of the sea. That's where I'm going. I'm going to, not that I'm going down. I would have been going, would have been going up. But the thing is, is that what do I do now? You know, what now, Lord? And so, so I can identify. I can identify with this uh, pretty well. I think we all can somehow or another. It doesn't matter whether it's a situation like mine. It could be a situation where you have a spouse or you yourself or in a, in a stormy time, uh, maybe that you're not in the presence of the Lord because of fill in the blank. Could be drugs, could be alcohol, could be porn, could be in those things that are separating you from him. It could be quite the storm. And then if you have a spouse, they're in the storm. If you, you have a kid who's involved in, in something like that, I got a, I'm studying this morning at 5.22. I know what time it was. I had my phone right there. 5.22, I get a phone call from a guy. It's like, who would be calling me this? And so it turns out it's a guy that just wants to share about the storm that's going on right then that his 16-year-old girl had run off again and was gone. And uh, last time that they found her, she was beaten to a pulp, used and abused. She's gone. Willingly, she left for that again. And he's like, what do I do? I just happened to be studying the storms here, by the way. So we talked. So, storms. Jesus comes, walks right on top of the stormy waves of life here in this passage, doesn't he? So um, they say they become fearful and they say it's a ghost. This is significant because in that in that culture, and there's still probably some who believe this that uh, if you're gonna, that the, if you were to see some kind of an apparition, you know you're in a in a very tough time where some where death could be on the doorstep. That that they would believe that I'm gonna die because I'm seeing a ghost, and so that's what that's what would have been going through their mind as I looked into this. I didn't know that before this morning at five o'clock. Uh, but that's but you see the fear that's being drummed up in them? It was incredible fear. man they, the waves were getting them, uh, the boats just being tossed around. Uh, they're doing the best they can, but yet now here comes this ghost. And so they cried out in fear. and immediately verse twenty seven, Jesus spoke to them saying, Take heart. It is I. Do not be afraid. New King James says this. Be merry. M E R R Y. Be merry. It is I. Don't be afraid. So here's the storm. They're out in this boat being that's about ready to, you know, they ready to capsize. Jesus comes up and says, "Hey, be merry. Something, isn't it? It's like, wow. So amazing what James has to say. Kind of a little joy when we're in various trials. But when I looked up the word Mary, uh, it it means be of good courage. It means have confidence. Have confidence. So as they were with him and watching him feed the 5,000, Great confidence in him, in his abilities. And so here they are, they're left to their own, this test that they were put through here on this sea, and now he comes up and says, have that confidence in me. He says, it is I. It is I is a phrase that is the same as I am. It's the second time that, uh, in the scripture, at this time is the second time that he has used this "I am." Uh, the first time was when he was with the woman at the well. And uh, and here, so here's this phrase: "It is I," which is "I am," which means that that he is. This is "I am the I am God over this situation of your life." I am God over the waters, over all creation. Here we are in Genesis. That's awesome that we're going to be in Genesis, that we've learned, uh, already have learned that, that Jesus is creator, right? There's nothing that has been created that wasn't created by him, through him. And so here he is walking on the water that and to let them know, you're in really good hands. I am with you. I am here. Don't be afraid. Verse 28. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So this is, a, this is something that we can, you know, when you, we think about this account, we will always be thinking about uh, Peter's lack of faith. Wow. Who in this room, well, if you're sitting in a boat, especially if you're a fisherman, uh, would say that? Okay, I want to get out of this boat, and I want to walk on the water to you, Jesus. That uh, that was a, that's an incredible thing that was given, this faith that was given to him at that time uh, for him to say that. And what does... Uh, what does Jesus say back to him? Come. And so he did. Unbelievable. Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. So he wasn't going just anywhere. He was. He got out of the boat to go to Jesus. Um, the... Uh, did you did you notice there in verse twenty eight uh when peter says lord if if it is if it is you if it is you that word if could be sense he, the it's an amazing uh, word that can it's at times can be interchanged but maybe he didn't recognize him but but because uh He heard the voice of Jesus, but didn't recognize him. Maybe that if really did stand for if. But the thing was, if if he hears the words come, he's out of the boat. And he did it. And he got out of the boat, and he walked on the water and came to Jesus. But, verse 30, when he saw the wind, he was afraid. There's that fear again, right? And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. So he's, he's out of the boat. And uh, all right, Peter, man, awesome. Uh, and he's on his way. And then he, what's he do? We all know this. He takes his eyes off. He takes his eyes off of Jesus, much like we can in our walk with Jesus, how many pastors, how many Christians have taken their eyes off of jesus and you know and it's it's in going through different hardships um, storms of of life, and so the uh, when a person is living in a lack of confidence in Jesus when he's uh, doubting Jesus what's going to happen to that person is they are going to trust in what man has to say they're going to trust in what he can do what he himself has to say and so the practical thing is, it kicked in again, didn't it? No! The practical thing kicked in again. Here comes, he looks at the wind that is driving these waves. It's not practical for me to be out here on this water. And so his eyes are off Jesus, and he sinks. The good news is as he said something to Jesus, to Jesus, he said, Lord, notice that, Lord, which means king, which means ruler, would you save me, save me, and here's what Jesus did, immediately he reached out his hand and took hold of Peter and saying no, and saying to him, "O oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt Hmm. And so notice that it says immediately right after Peter cries out, "Lord save me." And that sounds like what happens in salvation, doesn't it? Hmm. This whole account reminds me of salvation that, man, we are living in a a pretty rocky world, a rocky life. People have told us about, may have told you before you received Christ, or maybe you're not there yet. Maybe people are telling you about Jesus, but you're not recognizing him. And then you and then you say okay lord save me and jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him saying to him oh you a little faith why did you doubt and so the uh, it just comes to mind as i'm speaking here that uh, when was another time that jesus stretched out his hand for peter was another time that he stretched out his hand for us Right? how good is this Lord and Savior that in the when we were living in the world the storms of this world he saved us he stretched out he stretched out he stretched out his hands right Uh, for us to be saved And I love that it says immediately. So when you call upon him to be Lord and Savior, what does he do? Immediately. He says yes. To you, you become a child of God. You become the son of God. You're... And so the uh, the whole idea here as we... As we go through the practical things and the impractical things that are supernatural, is that we not put too much, too much into a situation that seems like it's hopeless because there is hope. We had someone that was over who was very hopeless uh, yesterday and getting to chat and encourage her and um, the difficulty of living in this life when you've been betrayed, the difficulty of living in this life when things don't go as we want them to go, Uh, what the enemy wants to do is he wants to separate you off by distracting you by the waves of the storm. And so if he can get, uh, get your eyes, get my eyes off of Jesus by the circumstance that I'm in, ah, that's where he wants us. All right, I've got somebody who is, may not be living their life uh, as a testimony, as God wants them to, unto the Lord. And so, remember that the faith is what. Faith is man. It's the very things that are hoped for, the things not the things that are that are seen. And so, we have a hope in Jesus. We have hope uh, in any kind. Of, it doesn't matter the situation. Um, and as, he, as you go through the very storms of life with him and then you get on the other side or even as you're going through it, you can t- be a testimony to those who are going through a storm and that they can see you going through the storm trusting Jesus and not in yourself, not, not man. And the joy, count it all joy when you go through various trials. Why? How can he say that? Be merry, man. Have confidence in in me. Uh, even though you're about ready to sink, wow. Do you understand how great he is? That's what he's he's showing these guys. I am, I am the God of all creation. I am am your savior there's nothing that man can do to you that is going to change that bad things happen kurt Why why are all these bad things happening well you know i don't know we live in a fallen world do we not and so uh storms happen in life but for us for us that are in christ and we go through these storms in christ as we're going through these storms wow It's very perplexing to those who are watching. And it is uh, much as my doctor that I saw Friday said, you're not supposed to be here, Kurt. This was, uh, you had a death sentence on you that was 3 to 5, and here you are in year 8. How'd that happen? And so... Well, when I learned that uh, the chemo wouldn't work, then God did a very amazing thing. Is he brought a, just a simple movie into my life uh, called The Science of Fasting. And I watched it. Oh, man, we get to fast, don't we? What do we do when we fast? We, we don't eat. We don't eat, and it may be something that you're giving up. But in this movie, The Science of Fasting, it was giving up food and just drinking water only. After I watched this movie and and how this has been implemented, this wasn't a Christian movie, by the way. It shows what happens in this incredible body that God has created, that when we don't eat Food and we just simply drink water. The body goes to work and it attacks that which is not of the body. So, in my case, the doctors would say, "You need a man. You need to eat, 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 and eat." And you need because the the usual way that you're you're, you're going to die occurs of starvation, the the cancer is going to continue to multiply. It's going to grow, and so it's going to take up all your calories and you're going to die of salvation, of starvation. I was just down in Florida. I did the funeral for a friend who that very thing happened, same cancer. I saw it. And so so here's what I did. I did the impractical thing, and I trusted in the Lord. Man, Lord, I'm sorry, but I haven't fasted unto you for a long time. And then after watching this movie, I see how you have created us so mysteriously, so wonderfully. And so I did it. Uh, I went 10 days, water only. In 10 days, um, and I went back to the doctor, they looked at me (laughs) like, what in the world have you been doing? And uh, because I'm supposed to be going the other direction. I'm supposed to be declining. And my uh, tests almost went down to normal. Normal. And so, and now I'm, I'm f- I have found out, I have found out that, in this, that I can create the storms of my life by what I eat. And uh, 95, this may, I hope you don't mind, but this is really important information, I believe, that 95% of, ca- of cancer is caused by what we take in, the environment that we're in, and what we, what we eat. Only 5% is genetic. And so I had the test done. Well, is this genetic or is it causative? It was because of what I ate. Wow. So at any anyway, rate... Uh, Now, now I know. And so now I eat to be nourished rather than eat to be full. And so I'm, uh, it's all to his glory and my numbers are are staying normal. And the doctor is looking at me like, you are a strange man. (laughs) To his glory. So. Why not? Why not trust him with, with all that we are? We are simply here uh, today to trust him uh, afresh. And I hope that that you're encouraged to trust him. I don't know what, maybe this is just something that God has done for me in my situation. I don't want to say that this is going to work for everybody. I don't know. Because everyone has a has number uh, of days. And apparently he's just not done with me. Uh, and so but I'm glad to be here. And uh, I hope you're encouraged that as you go through uh, anything that he's right there with you uh, and that you get to. You get to invite him into that storm and say, jump in the boat with me. And, uh, and in John, it ends up saying, and when, when Jesus got in the boat, The storm ceased. It became peaceful. That's what happens when we put our trust in him. He gives us peace that surpasses all understanding. And then it also says that boat was delivered. It was to the other side. And so how awesome is uh, our God that when we Put our trust in Him. We are delivered. We have gone from the old man to a new man in Christ, and so there's so much in here, in there. There's so much in here, and uh, so uh, I hope that that as you uh, leave this place, that you're able to encourage someone else that is going through a difficult time, and that that you could point him to the one who walks on water. All right. Father, thanks for this time. You are, you're an awesome God. Uh, you are awesome. We don't say that flippantly. Uh, I know I didn't finish the last couple of verses it, and it, because it says that when you got in the boat, they worshiped you. And Lord, you're worthy of all of our worship. Regardless of what we're going through in life, you are worthy. And so, Lord, we're going we're gonna to be a people whose confidence it is in you. We're going to we're going to be courageous in the times that we go through knowing that you have this. You're you're with us. We're not alone. So Lord, help us uh, to leave here and to go out with, with eyes focused on you and not on the on the storms of this world. And we trust you afresh here, Lord, and we give you thanks in Jesus name. Amen. Oh, thank you very much.